Um, and, and my attitude is you wake up early, you, you take one step, small step forward every single day, working on what do you want to, what do you want to accomplish? What's your goal? How are you going to get there? Just take one small step and it's amazing where you'll end up. What's going on guys. Welcome to the creating wealth podcast where I, Kyle from Kyle Curtin real estate interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? This week's guest on the podcast is absolutely killing it, acquiring rental property and flipping properties in the Littleton and Acton areas. Matt has a really crazy story and introduction to real estate and has grown to something much bigger in a really short amount of time. In this episode, Matt and I jump into the mindset for raising private capital the unreal power and statistics of writing down your goals, his amazing experiences with accountability partners and coaches, and so much more. There is so much to learn from this episode, and I hope you enjoy. Let's jump right into the episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 72 of the Creating Wealth podcast. Today, we get the great pleasure of chatting with Matt Damon, an absolutely incredible investor and flipper in the Littleton, Acton, Massachusetts area. What's going on, Matt? How's everything going, man? Very excited to have you on. <laughs> hey, happy new year. Excited to be on here, Kyle. And, uh, you know, excited to uh, have a conversation about real estate, something I'm very passionate about, passive income, flipping houses, those sort of topics are, are right up my alley. So anything real estate investing related, I'm in. Of course. I love it. Happy New Year to you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. So, you know, if we could just kind of jump right in, you know, what kind of gave you like the real estate bug, so to say, you know, what kind of got you going yeah. and some of your backstory? Yeah. So um, just as a little bit of background, I mean, I spent the last 10, 11, 12 years of my career um, working in finance and analytics for, for large corporations. Um, and about two and a half, three years ago, um, I was having my, my, my oldest child, Juliana and, uh, my wife and I, and, um, yeah, I was reading the book, rich dad, poor dad, and my business restructured the group that I was in, in finance, we restructured and two of the guys that I had spent the last seven, eight years working with, they were let go. And, uh, they had kids in college, they had kids in high school. And I think that intersection of major life change happening with the baby, reading the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then watching how like, you know, these careers that we think that are, you know, we're locked in, we're good to go. We don't have to worry about job security or anything. We really do. And it became like this, this bulb went off in my head of, I need to figure out how do I get passive income, um, build up some sort of nest egg that that's going to come cash flowing in each month. And so it became this, this journey for me of like, how do we start buying cash flow producing properties um, and now that, that was where our journey started. So that's almost, let's see, we're at, I guess, it, I guess it would have been two and a half years ago at this point that that started. We bought our first property two years ago. Um, and then from there on out, it's been, it's been a wild ride. That's crazy. Especially, you know, to go from like that spot where, you know, unfortunately you're kind of backed in a corner and like, you know, had to make some kind of action, you know, to put food on the table and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate that I didn't lose my job, but it was it was watching 
watching these folks that did lose their job, it was all of a sudden very eye-opening to the fact that like, hey, listen, this is going to be me when I'm no longer the cutting edge, you know, not the guy who's who's thriving. So I need to build something. And the plan was, our plan was literally this. It was we were going to save as much as we could. We we're going to buy one duplex or triplex a year until, um, you know, until our duplexes and triplexes created enough cash that they would be buying themselves. And we just continued to do our corporate jobs and just work those corporate jobs for 20 years. And then it was like, boom, there, there's our, there's our pension. There's our, you know, there's our everything. It's our retirement, it's our future. And so that was the plan. Um, how that translated onto paper ended up turning out quite different than initially anticipated. We're on our 18th deal. Um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a really wild ride. Um, and, and my attitude is you wake up early, you, you take one step, small step forward every single day, working on what do you want to, what do you want to accomplish? What's your goal? How are you going to get there? Just take one small step and it, it's amazing where you'll end up. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. So how was it like kind of buying that, that first property was the first one, like a buy and hold, like a rental or was, was it a flip? It, no, the first one was a buy and hold. So we bought a uh, very distressed property um, in Fitchburg. We still own it today. Um, it was it needed a full gut renovation, and uh, I, we actually financed it with conventional financing. Which you know, knowing what I know now, looking back at that property, I cannot believe that they approved that for <laughs> conventional financing. It's, it was in really bad shape, but we were able to buy it with conventional financing, and. Uh, you know, we, we renovated it in about eight months and today it produces, I don't know, $1,200, $1,400 a month in profit, which is fantastic. Um, it just adds to, adds to the, uh, to, to the, you know, our, our cash flow that's coming in, which is great, the passive income. Um, when we were finishing up that project, a friend of ours um, approached us and said, hey, do you flip properties? And we were like, yeah, of course we flip properties, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you say, right? You just say yes. And, uh, and from there, we end up deciding, well, we'll flip and we'll take the proceeds from that, the profit from that. We'll just buy another cash flow producing, you know, rental. And uh, it's essentially what we end up doing. And it, it started this journey of like, hey, listen, now we flip houses um, and we, we still buy rentals. So, you know, our whole goal is around like, how do we get more passive income? How do we... How do we like increase that number substantially? Um, and so the flips are, are something that we very much do. We do, you know, anywhere from eight to 10 a year. Um, and we have one new construction going, but you know, our, our whole goal is really not around doing flips. It's not around wholesaling. It's not around any of those things. It's, it's around like holding properties, buying and holding properties. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's been a wild ride. That's super cool. I've always been really fascinated of, you know, people that you like do that flip approach and then take the proceeds, you know, and use that for down payments and, you know, for like rentals and stuff and just kind of like circle the money, you know, and uh, exactly I just, what we super did. interesting. Yeah, we bought, we bought a duplex, renovated that, then we bought the fix and flip, then we bought a duplex, then we bought a fix and flip, <laughs> we bought another fix and so forth. And it just like, it just spiraled. Uh, you know, sometimes we've wholesaled properties, handful of properties we've wholesaled. Um, you know, we don't, we, it's not something that we, that we, we strive for, but you know, increase come up, we get a wholesale that's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is, it is fascinating how if you dedicate time towards something that you're looking to accomplish and you actually go out and you, and you kind of 
allocate that time within your day to say every Monday, I'm going to do this every Tuesday or whatever. And you build those routines and you in those rituals, mm-hmm. you'll find that like, you know, that consistency that you end up building up in that discipline of actually going about and doing that will result in massive impacts um, to your life that you didn't anticipate. I mean, it talk about not anticipating things. We built, we built this business up where I actually fully replaced my income from my corporate job. And we made the decision that we said, okay, well, you know, we've at this point, we're making enough that I can leave my job doing this part-time, you know, nights, early mornings, late nights, weekends. What if I left my corporate job? What would that look like? And, you know, I, 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 I think that the thing that gave us a lot of peace of mind about that was we had a super healthy pipeline. We already had, you know, quite a bit of, um, of income from the business shared up, stocked up. And so we were able to, you know, for me to step out and focus on doing this 100%. Um, as of August. Um, and, and that's been uh, tremendous. I mean, we have two employees now. We have a project manager. We have an acquisitions manager that, that focus on, on finding properties and, and doing the project management of them. And then my role is, 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 is helping to find financing and uh, finding partners and finding, you know, creating relationships with wholesalers, creating joint venture partnerships and so forth. And then that's been that's been what I've been spending the last four or five months on. It's been great. That's super cool, man. That's crazy. Was this like last August that you're talking about that you left? This was August 2021. So just four or five oh, months wow. ago when, when I when I left my job full time. I mean, I had, uh, we I, we had our second our second child um, in May. So I had been on uh, paternity leave for a while. So feels like I've been doing this full time since May. Yeah. Um, you know, because it basically was like, this is our mad dash. We're going to make it happen. So we did. I mean, it's, it's, it's been great. We've learned a ton. It hasn't been easy. <laughs> There's been times <laughs> where it's been stressful. <laughs> there has been late nights. <laughs> there's been, there's been a lot of, uh, there's a lot, been a lot of angst along the way, but it's, it's been so rewarding. Um, actually I'm reading, a, I'm reading a book right now. Um, it was on the bigger pockets podcast. You may have heard of it. It's something about like, uh, from gap to gain. I think I've heard of it. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. It's from the authors of who, not how, and it, it's about, it's about finding happiness. And, you know, a lot of times with, with high achievers like yourself, like other folks, what they, what they tend to do is as they go out and um, accomplish things, they tend not to feel any sort of happiness or success or, or anything as a result of that, of what they're accomplishing. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's, it's about enjoying the process and finding out that happiness isn't something that you that you can you can just go work towards. It's something that you either are happy or you're not. You just it's a choice. And like getting up every day and choosing to be happy and choosing to focus on these are the things I have, not the things that I'm striving for. And to focus on this is where I was, this is where I've made it to so far, and celebrating that. So it's a really fascinating book. Um, it's changed my mindset in a lot of ways. That's definitely sounds like a, an amazing book. I, I definitely want to check that one out. <laughs> yeah. I'm very yeah. fascinated with that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's, it just, it, if you could change your perspective and focus on, uh, you know, that which you've already accomplished and your wins that you've made along the way and your journey so far to date, it changes your mindset. And they're talking about how like it actually opens up your thought, your thinking process. And when you, when you come from a positive mindset, what you tend to find is that 
there's more options out there. You can be more creative with, with, with how you want to, um, you know, accomplish your goal or move towards a certain objective and so forth. Whereas when you're in uh, a negative mindset or like a defensive mindset, you're really focused on like trying to jam like a, you know, a square through a round hole or something like that, you know? And so, so it just was very, very eye opening book. And, uh, it just, it just going through that. It's been really good journey. Yeah. Yeah. That I definitely, uh, you know, kind of feel that (laughs) going through, you know, something like that. Um, yeah, no, I'm definitely going to check that one out. It's funny you say that actually, because I was listening to, um, to a podcast a couple days ago it was just, it was a new one that, uh, like somebody posted on their Instagram story or something, just a motivational, you know, whatever. And I was, I, you know, popped it on when I was in the car and, um, they were talking about gratitude and pretty much like exactly what you described of like, you know, taking like, even like, like just taking a breath or something like that. And like, just appreciating, like I can have like oxygen going through my lungs right now and like just clearing your head and like, you know, just being thankful for, for everything that like you've built so far. And like, I just, I thought it was really, really interesting. It's, it's crazy that like you bring it up. Cause like, I just heard that from another place, like, you know, a day ago, I'm like, wow, like that's, that's crazy. Not, <laughs> it is it, absolutely. And, and there's, there's real power to it. So I, I got the opportunity to do a couple free coaching sessions with, with the Tony Robbins group, mm-hmm. uh, not with Tony Robbins, but with, with his, <laughs> right? I wish, I wish that, that would be, that's a bucket list. Uh, right. Um, and, and, and that was one of the first things they did was they said, well, talk about your routines. Like what does your routine look like? And, and they built, they, they, they said, we want to start implementing a couple tools into your day that are going to help you achieve greater levels of happiness, greater levels of success and so forth. And, um, that was one of the things that they were hundred percent focused on was gratefulness. And how do we, how do you change your mindset? from where you're at today to being one that's like very positive, very grateful. Um, it's something that we can all work on every day, right? It's easy. Like we just start focusing on like, this is what we have. This is where, what we've accomplished and so forth. And um, it's just very interesting. The science behind it is fascinating. I love that stuff. It really is. And like, I, I thought it was interesting. Cause like, I was thinking about it recently, like, like, I don't know. I thought it was just kind of maybe like a mindset thing. Like, you know, if you worked so hard to get like, you know, that first property or something and then like, oh, like, great. Like you got it. You know, like, how come, you know, I'm not feeling like super, super excited, you know? And it's like, oh, well, you know, now like you got one and like, what's the next thing? And like, I was trying to figure it out. Like if it was just like your mindset leveling up, cause like you already, I guess, kind of got the gratification from building up to that. And now like you're there and like, that's all you think about now. So now like you just have to keep building up and then like you'll hit another level of gratification. And like, I wasn't sure. So I just, yeah, that, that book sounds absolutely crazy. Like <laughs> I'm about to order that like right after this. You won't regret it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So Matt, what's kind of your, um, you talked a little bit about it, but like your kind of like drive and vision for the long term, you know, um, like yeah. the financial freedom and, Yes. So, so, so for me, it's about building a legacy. Um, it's, it's about, it's about producing, building a lifestyle. It's lifestyle by design. So, um, one of the things that I'm thinking about is, you know, I, my wife and I have traveled extensively. We've gotten to travel all over the world and it's been such a cool journey and experience. 
Um, obviously with COVID, we haven't done any traveling, right? That those days are, are a little bit behind us for now. And with kids, it makes it a little tougher. But one of the things that I always wanted to do, my dream is to take my girls, you know, overseas and let them see different cultures and experience different things, and food and um, just, you know, that kind of thing. So that's been a huge goal of mine as a passion of mine. So I've set a goal for myself that I want to build up enough passive income that you know, before my girls go to college, yeah. we can take them, um, you know, we all have enough passive income that my wife could leave her job. I can, you know, kind of step back and we can actually go travel for three months out of the year. And that's no big deal kind of thing. I think that that, that sort of passive income, um, you know, and that's sort of the income level we're looking for. I think that that's one, it's achievable through hard work. It's not easy. It's not going to happen overnight. But two, I just think those memories are just so they're so powerful. They've been powerful memories for, for, for my early twenties and mid twenties, um, even into my thirties, like we got the opportunity to live in Ireland for a couple months and that was, it was life-changing. It was so cool. And we went there with, we brought our in-law, my in-laws, we brought, um, uh, cousins and so forth, or sorry, not cousins, sister-in-law, brother-in-law. And we had the, like, we made the best memories and those memories will be with us forever. Right. But the chance of us ever being able to do that again, is slim because our lives get busier. We have kids, it becomes more expensive, it becomes harder, so forth. And yeah. so what I want to do is, is, is to build towards that. That's, that's something I'm very passionate about. Um, and, and so I think we could do it. I think we could create a lifestyle where we don't work for money. We work for meaning and we work for purpose. Um, today, 90, 99% of us work for money. Like we, most of us don't love our jobs, right? We don't, mm-hmm. we're not like <laughs> Monday morning doesn't jazz us up. We're like, woo, Monday morning, skip the coffee. We're good. No, like that's, it's hardly the case, right? That's why TGIF, thank God it's Friday. Let's get out of here kind of thing. Right. And, um, when you work for meeting, it's different. Like when you have, when money's no longer an issue, yeah. Life changes. It becomes a different game. And so, so that's, that's what we're marching towards. And uh, I think there's opportunity to be uh, more th- philanthropic. You know, yeah. the more money you have, the more philanthropic you can be, you can change people's lives. And um, I, I, I have a huge passion to, to mentor and coach people um, and, and so forth. And so, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for that. That's kind of like the, that's kind of the end goal for me is like the freedom to be able to take my girls anywhere we want to go experience other places, you know, while not experiencing like a, all of a sudden our income stops, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so forth. So. That's absolutely awesome. I love that. And like, that, that's something that I've been fascinated with as well, you know, and even really like the past couple months, like it's, you know, just the ideas, like the people I've been talking about, you know, I've kind of come, uh, I guess more apparent is like, just, you know, how much bigger, like everything we're trying to do is than like just the money. And like, I try and describe it to somebody and like, it never comes out the right way. I'm like the relationship with the dollar. Like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, everybody's doing this for the dollar, but like, it's bigger than that. Like it's, it is, but it's not. And like, right. like somebody, um, shout out to, uh, to Jorge. Um, he was one of the other like guests, you know, a, a while back he, he asked on the podcast and like, it, it really got me thinking, of like, oh, you know, some of these people that are like uber wealthy, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates and, you know, like all these guys, like, you know, they've already made millions and billions and whatever dollars, you know, net worth, like they've already made it. So like, you know, why don't they just call it quits and sit on a beach somewhere and call it done? 
you know, and it, it makes you start to think like these guys have already made it. Like money is, wasn't, you know, an issue like a lot for a, a wicked long time. So how come they're still working and, and building things, you know, because they're in it for like their why is different than just the money, you know, like it's, and it's, it, it, yeah. it's something that really stuck out to me. I love that. You're absolutely right. Like the, the idea of not working, the idea of stopping working, like it's so foreign to me. Like I don't ever want to stop working. Yeah. It's just <laughs> what I do and how I use my time is differently. So I like the term your life on your terms, right? So it's like you wake up and you decide to do whatever you feel is the most important thing to do that day. Not what someone else is telling you that you need to do. You need to be here by nine. You need to leave after five, that kind of thing. Forget that. You know, if you can, if you can have your life on your terms and kind of do what you choose to do, I mean, that's what these, that's why there's, there's value in work. There's huge value. There's, you get self-worth out of it and so forth. And that's, you know, and you believe in your, your why is so much bigger. Um, And so that's why these guys are still working. I love that. I, I think that's, I think that's huge. It really is. It's, it's something that, you know, really, uh, it just, it got me thinking. I was like, wow, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if, if it was just about the money, like these guys would have clocked out a long time ago and that would have been it, you know, right. but right. they're still in it and going stronger than ever, you know? So it's, right. it's crazy. So Matt, what do you consider to be, you know, kind of like the biggest variable to expand um, your portfolio? I guess like it could be on maybe like the buy and hold side, like, you know, just picking up rentals or like, like flips and stuff, like just to kind of keep. Did you say the biggest barrier, or uh, like variable? Oh, variable, variable. Yeah. Well, said, I thought you said barrier, so maybe I'll start with that one. Sure, that I, works. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think variable barrier. I think the answer is probably going to be end up being the same. It's it's you know it's it's the distance between your two ears, right? It's what's in your head, your mindset. Um, you know, I think that. When, when we first set out to, to, you know, we first set our, our goals around multifamily, we said we were going to flip five houses in our first year um, or, or have five projects. It wasn't to flip five houses, but it was to have five projects. Whether they were buying holds, we didn't care. Whether, they were, uh, whether we wholesale them, that was fine. We just wanted to do five real estate deals. Yeah. And the, you know, when you think about like what's, you know, your mindset and, you know, so forth, that was like unfathomable. I remember having the discussion of like, hey, listen, I know my goals need to be like, I had this internal dialogue happening. That's like, my goals need to be achievable, but at the same time, they need to be aggressive is five way too many for a guy who knows nothing about real estate. Right. And so, um, you know, that we, we said, you know what, let's do it. We're going to, my wife and I, we're going to set our goal for five projects and we're just going to see what happens. Right. We accomplished five projects. Right. So the next year we said, okay, we're going to do we're going to do eight projects. Well, guess what? We did eight projects, right? So it was like, all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a second. I set a goal to do that. I put steps in place. I had an accountability coach. Like I did the things that I said I was going to do and boom, look what happened. So now I'm starting to think about this and say, hey, listen, you know, we need to go after multifamily. We need to go after bigger projects. These smaller projects that make us, you know, a couple hundred, maybe a thousand bucks a month. They're great and all right, but can we do this at a larger scale? Can we do this with like a 10, 15 unit building? And so um, that that's that's really, you know, I think the, when you talk about barrier, I think mindset is huge. And I think that um, um, you, you listen to Grant Cardone, you listen to a lot of these folks that are, you know, very, very successful. A lot of them became very successful way later in life. 
They played it small for the first 30 years of their real estate investing career. And then all of a sudden they realized that, hey, listen, I'm playing small. I'm only buying what I can afford. Forget buying what you can afford. Figure out how to fundraise. Figure out how to partner. Figure out how to create relationships with other people that will allow you to do immensely larger projects that have more economies of scale, that bigger things. And I think that that's, I think that that's, you know, how you're developing your mindset, how you're thinking about that and learning from others and, you know, reading books and listening to podcasts and really trying to expand um, your thought process. That's, that's, that's going to be how you accomplish or how you work through those barriers. That's absolutely awesome. I love that. How was it like kind of going from, you know, after like, you know, just doing like the first couple projects, like with you and your wife to maybe, you know, like partnering with somebody or like, like, did somebody like approach you and just, well, and you know, I know we were kind of talking about it a little bit, you know, um, like with your family and stuff, ask him, but like, did the first person kind of like come to you or like, did you guys realize like, Hey, you know, like we have our processes in place and like, you know, we've done five projects, eight projects, like, you know, how do we do this on a bigger scale? Like, did you yeah. kind of like go out into, you know, like the environment and be like, all right, like, you know, like who wants to partner kind of thing? Or like, did people kind of come to you? <laughs> yeah. Great, great question. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, so w- the first partnerships we did, what was really private lending, right? So, so we, we got deals that were great deals under contract. We put properties under contract that we didn't have the resources to accomplish financially. And we said, you know what, we're going to go out and we're going to figure out how, how do we do this? We're not going to, we're not going to get caught up in this like analysis paralysis thing. We're going to put, put a little bit of skin in the game. If we lose the money, we lose the money. Right. And so we would lock up properties and go out and raise the capital for it. And it worked. We never, every single property that we tried to fundraise for, we were able to fundraise for. And when I say fundraising, I'm not talking about family. I'm not talking about friends. I'm talking about most of the capital we raised was from complete strangers, people I've never met um, or, or friends of friends. And, and we, we started to do is we started to put ourselves out there. We were offering great returns to folks. So people that are seeking, you know, great returns, when you have a great project, you're experienced, you know what you're doing, people will come searching you out. I mean, so, so now I don't look at the money as, as necessarily you know, I'm sure I have limited, limiting beliefs, but I don't look at the money on fix and flips as, as a concern, whether I have the money or not. I, I, I will go out and, you know, make some phone calls and see what can happen. You know, folks that are listening to this podcast, if you're looking to, to, um, to lend money, there are, there are flippers, there are real estate developers in this community, myself included, that there's never enough money, right? There's always opportunity. There's more opportunity than there's money. And I think the mindset is there's not enough opportunity. We got to find the money first. No, no, no. It's the other way around. Find the opportunity. The money will come. Always does. Wow. That's been my experience. Um, this, this, this past month, um, January, we raised about $350,000 um, for, for two deals. One, one's a seven unit um, and one's a duplex. And, uh, it's it these are great opportunities we're providing awesome returns to people um we're experienced and so those sort of the opportunities you know once 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 you get the opportunity the money's readily available it's readily that's crazy available. that's absolutely crazy i've heard it is. 
<laughs> it, it is, but you know what? Here's the thing. Like I start to think about this too. And I say like, how are these guys buying these like 200 unit buildings and 500 unit buildings? They're doing the same thing. And, and, and they're probably looking at me like saying, wait, if he can do that, why isn't he doing this? You know, like, <laughs> right. Cause there's, there's a lot more money in those other deals and you know, and so forth. So I don't know. That's where I'll be at some point. <laughs> Definitely. But again, you know, it loops back to the mindset, right. And like the self-limiting beliefs and like, it's interesting because like I've, I've heard people mention before of like, you know, if you have, you know, like a really great deal, then, you know, like the money will come, quote unquote, but like to hear it, you know, in like a live uh, like application like that is nuts. You know, like it's just like having that opportunity and, you know, like people have money sitting in their bank accounts or, or you know, what have you. And yeah. Wow. Yeah. And depending on what your experience level is, I mean, maybe maybe what you need in order to offer a stable return is maybe you take a really small percentage of the deal and you give it to someone as part of a JV to say, Hey, listen, let me get my name on some paper. Let me get some experience. Let me learn the process, right? Don't sign up for something that you're going to, you're going to lose your shirt on. You're going to lose someone else's money on that's dangerous, right? That's not the way to do it. But like, if you partner with someone, if you have the right coaches, the right team, um, and you're experienced, why not? You, yeah, why not? Yeah. But if you're, if you're not, just partner with someone. I mean, get, get alongside, get on a project, go to someone's project every week to see what's going on. Ask questions. Why you do things this way? What do you do? How do you do a scope of work? Um, how do you do payment schedules? How do you make sure that your, your, your people are protected? What's your insurance look like? And so forth. And start to ask these questions. Um, how do you manage contractors and so forth? I, that's all that information is hugely helpful. And it's free, right? You just show up. Yeah. It's so true too. Like, especially, you know, like you were, uh, what you were stemming to earlier of like, you know, listening to podcasts and going and going on like bigger pockets or books or like a lot of this information is just like out in the atmosphere. And like, it, I feel like it's just a matter of like how bad you want it. hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's commitment to self, right? You set a goal and you say, am I committed to becoming what I want to be? Right. Like if you're not, that's fine. It's okay. <laughs> Like if you, you don't really want it then, you know, but if you really, really want it, you're committed to yourself, listening to podcasts, reading books, talking to folks, picking up the phone, talking to people, showing up. That's, that's all, that's all based on, you know, your mindset. And, um, you know, I think, I think one of the ways going back to gratitude, one of the ways that you can, you can develop that discipline is really writing down what are your goals? I, I just wrote it. I wrote a, an article recently. So, so I have some fresh statistics that I thought were really fun. Um, only 3% of the population, this is, this is actually not actually a real study, but uh, there's this, there's this fake Harvard study out there that says only 3% of the population um, writes down their goals. It's probably true, but it's not. Probably. <laughs> but you're 40, what is true is you're 42% more likely to accomplish your goals if you write them down. Oh. And if you set weekly ag agenda items, and talk to your friends or an accountability coach weekly about where you want to be and what you want to accomplish, you're 62% more likely to accomplish that goal, right? So now you've gone from being like, okay, you don't have any written goals, but maybe you have goals. So you wrote it down. Now you're 40% more likely to achieve it. You've moved forward, right? You're progressing. And then you start to do some accountability around that. Boom, that increases your likelihood substantially, right? Um, I just find that stuff really, you know, kind of, kind of exciting. So, so for me, my daily process and my daily routine is you get up, read your goals, right? 
go through, not just like quickly, like oh, I want to accomplish this. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> think about it. You know, take take two minutes. You know, to read through your 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 five seconds worth of goals and really think about it. Write down what you're grateful for. Practice that gratitude, and then go set up your agenda for the day. What do you think you're going to accomplish? What do you want to accomplish this week? What are the big things you need to do? You know, they might be small. They might be order business cards, right? But it's going to help you. It's going to take that one step forward every day. That's absolutely awesome. I, I absolutely love that too. So I wanted to ask when it comes to like the accountability partner thing, Yeah, I guess, how do you prefer to kind of like, do you have like a, a certain like accountability partner or, or like coaches and stuff? Like what's, what's kind of your favorite, um, you know, I guess kind of thing to, to keep you accountable, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I, there's one thing that I've done consistently for the last two plus years. And, and that's, I, I do pay for, I pay for a coach. Um, and she's awesome. And, you know, I mean, if folks are looking for a rock star coach, that's not going to just patch on the back constantly, but it's going to be like, Matt, you really stunk at that. You said you were going to do this. You didn't do it. Right. Like, what are you doing <laughs> in a loving way, in a kind way, in a way yeah. that's going to like uplift you and bring you to the next level. Um, I got the perfect coach for you and, and feel free to reach out. I mean, it's her name's Jamie Saunders. She's been in real estate for, um, decades now um she she's a grandma and she is a rock star she absolutely kills it so she's she's a great resource and when you're so coaching is huge for me so you know for every coaching session i come with an agenda a packed agenda these are the things that i want to talk about these are this is these are the things that i'm working on this is where i see opportunity in the business um it's not passive. It's very active. You want to show up and you want to be prepared to speak to what you need to speak to what you're working on. Um, I think some people show up and they want to be told what to do. Uh, I think it's the other way around. I think you got to show up and say, this is what I'm doing. They'll correct you. She'll correct you. Other coaches, they'll correct you. Uh, but you, this is your future. This is your, your goals. This is your dream. You need to accomplish it. Right your life on your terms. Now go out and figure out what, you know, what the steps are you need to be doing and what action items do you need to be doing in order to live that. Right. Yeah. I so love coaching that. is huge. Yeah. All right. I think that's absolutely not. So we haven't talked about that much on the podcast before. And like, I've, I've been kind of curious myself actually, you know, and cause like, I've heard people talk about, you know, like coaching and stuff like that before and like, you know, the accountability and stuff. And it's always been very, very interesting to me, but yeah. <laughs> like I, I think yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. You you paused for a second when I think we I think we broke up. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's okay. No, it's uh, go ahead. <laughs> um I, I think I think when we think about coaching, I think regardless of where you're at on your real estate journey, whether you're just beginning or you're experienced and looking to get to the next level, like coaching and it doesn't even have to be real estate investing, it's just it's any life goal. Yeah. Having a coach, having someone who's experienced can help you avoid a lot of missteps. Um, you know, having someone that's been through whatever you're looking to accomplish and do um, can really, can really, I mean, avoiding the missteps is huge, but they can also show you what, what's working in your industry, what's working, you know, for other people. Like they talk to hundreds of people on a regular basis. And so, you know, having someone that's saying like, hey, listen, if you do that, Here's what to expect. Here's what your response rate is. Are, are you looking for reasonable returns? Um, are you making enough offers? I don't know. It's everything, like everything from your marketing funnel. What's your marketing funnel look like to, 
um, what sort of relationships are you, are you cultivating to, um, um, I guess like if you're looking to partner a joint venture, like how are you protecting yourself and their selves? How are you pr protecting your lenders, um, investors and so forth? Um, and it, having coaches will, it'll help you avoid a lot of si mis mistakes. I mean, these people have decades of experience a lot of times. Yeah, that's absolutely huge. So are they like, I guess more of just, uh, do they like give advice and stuff like that? I mean, obviously, you know, like depending on the, the coach and the situation or application and stuff, like, is it like more of, you know, like accountability and, you know, like making you or making sure, you know, they're like holding you accountable, like plus kind of giving you advice, like how to, how to improve like that kind of thing. It's, 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 it's not just accountability to your point. It's training as well. Oh, cool. So mm -hmm. They will, the coaches will talk to you through, you know, activities that they've seen, they may not give you the exact step-by-steps -step to go through, yeah. but they can at least point you to someone and have a conversation with that person because they have a really successful, I don't know, say marketing campaign. They're doing really well with direct mail marketing. They're targeting these sort of sellers. You know, this is what, this is what they've seen, you know, have a conversation with them to see how many mailers are they sending out? How frequently are they sending out? They're being consistent with it. Um, and so forth. Um, Text message marketing, maybe that's another way. You know, it might be a marketing thing. It might be when you're going to list your property, here's some things to think about. Have you thought about using Zillow video, right? Recording a video of the property. That way, you know, we live in a COVID pandemic era where not everyone wants to go to the house. I mean, we're starting to see a little, open up a little bit more, but not everyone wants to go to houses. So are there free tools that are available out there that are going to increase your odds of success? Um, how about appraisal packages? When you're go when you're selling a pro a, pro a property, is it going to get appraised for what you're selling it for? Well, you can be passive and just kind of hope and cross your fingers and say like, I hope <laughs> I get appraised for this. Or you can be active, right? And you could pull together, do some of the appraiser's job, and say, Hey, listen, I'm not telling you how to do your job. This is available here. I created this. If this is helpful, great. Uh, it's something that we do, right? Because we definitely want to sell our properties for as high value as we can. We want the highest return on investment, right? Yeah. Um, and so there, there are things like that, that that coaches will help you to like think through that I never would have thought through those things, right? Those are, those are all, every one of those examples are real discussions that that uh, I've had with my coach, right? And so that will help you to, to get to the next level. That's incredible. It really is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a business, right? And so we're not going to know everything about our business. Like you're an HVAC pro, right? If someone came in and said, said, Kyle, you know, we want you to talk about, you know, electrical, you know, you could be like, I don't know about this stuff, but you probably know something about it, right? You can speak to it to some extent, but you're not going to be the pro, right? So if, if someone could point you to be like, Hey, that guy over there is an electrician. He can help you out. He can have the discussion. You know, you can figure out what the right answer is. Like same with the business where we have our, we have to do personal development. We have to do financing. We have to do accounting. We have to do uh, project management. All these factors. We have to do sales and marketing. We don't know everything about those things, right? So we have to learn from people. We can either learn the hard way, or we can have folks help us along the way who are experienced, and that that can have tremendous value. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. You know, to your point of like all the different roles and stuff that like you know, like you have to kind of be at least you know like while your business is starting off and that kind of thing. 
and like either kind of having the choice of like, you know, going to someone who's very, very specialized in that task and kills it and, you know, finding like a coach like that to be able to, you know, optimize, um, you know, to your situation or, you know, like if it like doesn't really fit for what you're looking for or something like to be able to delegate that out, you know, to the person who like should be a specialist in that. And that's super interesting. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Ooh. So what is something that you thought about business networking or wealth creation that changed as you went along? Uh, <laughs> um, I think, I think one of the things that's changed in the last six, seven, eight months that yeah. has been very eye-opening to me is that I had this thought process that I could do it all myself. I could do all the roles in my business by myself. And I certainly could, but not at scale. And what, I, what I've learned is I, I started, I hired an admin um, in, I believe, like July. And all of a sudden, it took a bunch of stuff off my plate. And I was like, wow, this is great. This is awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> focus on like more important things than paying bills, right? Then I found out that, Hey, listen, this admin is actually a, a very experienced salesperson. Um, been a stay-at-home mom for a long time. And, you know, all of a sudden it was like, whoa, this opened like new dimensions. And um, so so I think something that's that's totally changed my perspective is that like at a certain point you can hire people to fill roles that you didn't um that you, that you thought you didn't need to fill. Um, and it can create you, it allows you to be much more focused on the thing, on the places where you add the most value. So if project management is the, it adds the most value, spend all your time there, right? And allow someone else to spend their time, it's your employee, on other, other tasks, marketing, partnering, finding relationships, building relationships, so forth. Um, so that's that that has been uh, that's been very eye opening for me. It's it's driven a lot of change. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's a really crazy thing. I I actually hired a um like a virtual assistant for um yep. like to edit the podcast a while ago, and yep. I I totally see what you're talking about. Like I you know was able to get a little taste of like, even you know to your point of like not to not just you know somebody coming to do it like the exact way that you were doing it like you know whatever that task was, but even to do it better and like even if they're like more specialized and like you know, you like, you liked it the way that you did it. And like, everything was, everything was good. But then, you know, these guys come on and they might've been doing this for, you know, a really long time and have their own processes and like, you know, their own creativity and everything. And like, it has a whole nother element that like, you know, totally blows your mind apart. And it's like, Whoa, like not only, you know, do I have to worry about this thing anymore, but now it's like twice as good as it was before. And it's like, it's, it's unreal. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> Again, it comes back to like, you're giving someone the, the design freedom and the freedom to take something that they're an expert in and, and create something. And to your point, it came out even better than you could have anticipated. Um, and, and you kind of, kind of, I, I love that. I got my cat in the background. <laughs> 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 um yeah it, it, i mean vas by the way vas are are super helpful and it, you know, there's some really awesome vas out there that you know if, if you're not looking to spend a lot of money 
you could get some super high quality talent um, and get and, and, and move your business forward for very low cost. It's a great way to grow a small business. Definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. And then even like, you know, to be able to, um, I guess, like really sharpen and, and learn some of those skills of like managing people and like, you know, making sure like everybody's rowing in the same direction and everything. And, um, you know, be able to learn that for, for a fraction of the cost, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. One of the things that, that we've been focusing on in my business is standardization, making sure we have standard processes, still allowing room for design freedom and so forth, and the ability to change the process if it makes sense, like improve the process, right? We always want the process to get better and better and better. Um, uh, but one of the things we've been doing is we've been using Zoom recordings to film ourselves doing repetitive tasks. Like if you if you have a task that you need to do, say once a month or once every project or 10 times every project, why not record it? That way you could give that task in the future to a VA. You might not be ready today to do it. Maybe today your business is in a place where you could do it. But having that recording and having it organized, you can upload it in, onto YouTube. You can make it unlisted if you don't want people to see it, right? There's all these things that in the future when you're ready to say, hey, listen, here's what I want you to do and here's how to go about doing it. You can send that to someone. Maybe they can improve upon that the way you're doing it, but at least they know what your thought process is, how you went about it, um, and, and your overall expectations for it. I think that that I think that's that's super important. Yeah, that's totally huge. And even like if it's not, yeah, I, I totally agree about like the video in particular, and like you know maybe being able to like you know commentate it like while you're doing it and everything, and be like, oh, like watch out for this or you know, like I typically do it this way, but I'm not sure like that kind of thing. And like just some sort of standard operating procedure for, you know, like the way that like you were doing it before. And yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Cause after reading, um, the e-myth by Michael Gerber, uh, it kind of, you know, like shifted my mind in terms of like everything being a process and writing out SOPs for everything. And like before, and I mean, it's still now depending on the application, but you know, I used to actually, you know, just type out SOPs in like Microsoft Word and they'd be like thousands of words and everything. And then to, you know, to your exact point, somebody kind of put the bug in my ear of doing like, you know, a training like on Zoom and exactly the same thing, you know, just going on my screen, like, you know, screen recording and um, right. total game changer. It, it sometimes, I mean, some of the stuff that you're, some of the repetitive tasks that we're doing, it's to your point, like you can end up with thousands of words written down on yeah. Word and someone could read through it and be very detailed and still not know what you mean by like pivot the data and doing, you know, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. that, right. Like, um, so it just, it just takes out like a lot of ambiguity. So, I mean, both work, right. I write, we, we have written processes and we also have video recordings of those processes. So you can use one or the other or both, right. They can supplement each other. Um, exactly. I think that's huge. Checklist is another thing. It really is. Yeah. Um, there's a great book called Checklist Manifesto. Um, I highly recommend reading that one. Um, it's ironically about the power of checklists, right? And it just shows like the science behind it. I think the science behind it is fascinating. Um, where you have, I mean, one of the examples is is in the emergency room, uh, you know, they rolled out a checklist for certain types of, of cases and they saw infection rates decrease. They saw, you know, a lot of improvements in their business. Uh, mortality rates increased substantially and so forth. And um, there's there's just a lot of power to having a checklist that can also help you to avoid that, uh, 
the feeling of just being of rushing to accomplish something that you need to accomplish. Like you can plan better when you know what you need to do and what the steps are that need to happen in the next say two, three, four weeks or whatever. Um, you can allocate your time better that way. That sounds like another really, really good book, man. That's, that's, that's awesome. (laughs) That actually transitions into my next question of, um, but the question we already kind of answered it is, do you read? But if you had to pick a favorite business investing (laughs) or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone, what would it be? If you had to just pick one, (laughs) I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the the rich dad, poor dad book. It's that definitely is like my most impactful book. Um, I actually, what I'll share is, um, uh, let's see the, the book that comes to mind is, is the honeybee. It's this little, it's like, a, it's almost like, oh God, I got another one too. I got two. Go oh. for it. <laughs> you can break the rules. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, the honey, this, this book, um, let's see who wrote it. Um, uh, Gino Barbero wrote it and it's called the honeybee. And, uh, it, that book is, it's a, it's a real estate specific book, but it's, it's written more like a parable format, like a storytelling of yeah. like this, it's a, it's, you know, it's like this couple that, um, they're kind of trapped in the rat race, so to speak. And they slowly work them their way out of it. And with, you know, working their way out of it, new challenges come along, you know, when they get to a certain level, you know, a new challenge will pop up that they didn't anticipate. Right. And then when they get to the next level, they figure out how to overcome that challenge. Um, they get to the next level and they find, well, we got to do something different here. And this is is something that we didn't anticipate. And it's just about like, I think sometimes we think, Oh, as soon as we get to this level, life's going to be easy, breezy, like we're good. Um, but it's a fascinating book of how you can start like, you know, maybe the beginning of of your, of your, of your, your journey and get all the way to the end of your journey and have just such a joy and enjoyable experience and it's accomplishable and so forth. And they just, it's just written in a really, it's really, it's done well. Um, the other book that I'd say, if it's okay, if I share two, sure. <laughs> it's the case of the go-giver, um, the go-giver similar type of story. It's, it's a parable. It's about, um, um, well, I won't, I won't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it, but basically <laughs> the go-giver is about basically a personality of like, um, uh, about helping others. Right. And, and how you can benefit and others can benefit. You can benefit from other people's success. And when you enable it, it's not only rewarding for you, but it also creates longer term relationships and longer term opportunities for you. Um, and I just found that book to be absolutely incredible. Just a, just a, a fantastic book. It's something I try to read every year, um, just to go back through and just like refresh my memory of like serving others can also serve you. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to, you don't have to serve others with the goal, uh, or you shouldn't serve others with the goal of it benefiting you. But you know, a lot of times that's exactly how it plays out is like long-term it benefits you that you serve someone else. Yeah. The, that was the one that I have read out of uh, out of the past couple. I have <laughs> quite the list to read. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, nice. I, I totally agree with you. Someone um someone actually gave me a copy of The Go Giver, and like the thing that kind of blew me away is you know that book is definitely you know on the smaller scale, but the yeah. amount of information that's like really valuable in it, like that book packs a punch. Like that book is crazy, and it's like you know like a quarter of the size of like most of the other, like, you know, business, like real estate books and stuff. 
Yeah, like the font's bigger. It's probably 80 pages long. Twelve <laughs> yeah. point font would probably be like 25 pages. And but it's like <laughs> you're absolutely right. It's so good. It's it's it, there's a lot of meat on that bone, right? Yeah. And especially I think that's really valuable too, you know, of like taking some of these books and like just rereading them once in a while. Like th- there's a handful of them that that I like to try to read once a year. Uh, mm-hmm. like Rich Dad, Poor Dad's one of them. Yep. Um oh, what is it? Uh, how to win friends and influence people is another one. Um, yep. The richest man in Babylon. That was another like, you know, parable uh, style kind of book. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's something that's, that's very, very valuable, you know, just to kind of like refresh on some of those lessons and, and just kind of like re re-implement them in your mindset. Right. But um, <laughs> Mark Cuban always talks about how like reading has really impacted his his journey, his investment journey and his business journey. Um, and if you start to like, you think about like Warren Buffett, he spends like five or six hours a day reading, right? There's value in this, right? There's value in getting other perspectives and expanding your mindset. And the more we can do that, I look at that as an investment into yourself. Yeah, <laughs> It's hard to do that consistently. It, yes. it really can be hard to read on a consistent basis. But again, if you allocate, I just want to read 10 pages a day, right? Or something like that. That's pretty accomplishable. You could get through a book in two, three weeks, right? I mean, you just start going at it small, taking small steps, you can accomplish. You'd be surprised at like what you can accomplish, right? Definitely. I totally agree with you, Matt. But yeah, I, I could talk to you for hours, man. Thank you so, so much for coming on here. That was absolutely amazing. Where on um, like social media can you be found? Yeah, so so you can follow me on Instagram. It's uh, um, mdamon1590 is my hashtag. Uh, mm-hmm. You can follow my business. It's Broadleaf REI. Um, both of them on Instagram. Um, would love to uh, connect with more of, more of your subscribers and, and help in any way I can. Um, your folks are more than welcome to to reach out and uh, and connect. I'm I'm always here. I'm a sounding board if you have. Um, questions you need support you need um, help with something a real estate project here in massachusetts i'm more than happy to talk you through it um, share resources and so forth so please reach out we'd love to connect more and thank you for having me on the podcast today it's been awesome it's been a great discussion that's awesome matt thank you so much was there um you said you you wrote an article do you have like a, a website or something as well on or? linkedin i i, I i've oh, been okay. posting on linkedin quite a bit this year uh it's a new thing i haven't done it so i just started this year i've written a couple articles uh, i've kind of sharing a little bit about my journey um like where i've gone where i've come from where i'm going um uh, just just random thoughts that we have around financial freedom around cash flow around real estate investing so follow me there, LinkedIn. I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I'm not as active on, on Instagram, although I, I go on to it regularly. Um, mm-hmm. My business is very active on it. We're posting all the time. So check us out there um, and also you know connect with me on LinkedIn. Definitely. I'll drop everything below, my man. Thank you very, very much for coming on. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Take care, Matt. Thank you so much, man. That Thanks. was great. You Thank you. Bye. All right, guys, that concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully, you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. 
if you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigot Pockets. Until next time, let's build together.